question. Why are you a Prince fan? Because Prince is bad. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. The movie's going to be rough. I wish y'all go all see it tomorrow. Movie's tough. Have some fun. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me, as always, are my good friends and bandmates. Not bitter, of course, would be Chris Boroff. The password is what? <laughs> oh, jeez. And uh, joining me always, uh, the real creative force behind the title of it, Zach Powers. The sex shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Movie Trap on the Movie Trap. One of the three hosts that you just met uh, picks a theme, and then each of us picks a movie based on that theme. Uh, once we've watched all three movies, we then vote with an amount of points that we get at the beginning, plus some bonus points that we earn along the way. And whichever movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme, which you are uh, getting ready to behold, because we are finally over with my, shall we say, slightly hobbled together theme of my theme of soundtracks that are better than the actual movie. Um, previously on the movie trap, I started with uh, Judgment Night, uh, which was something, and then Zach decided to trap me in uh, birthday trauma of uh, Batman Forever, and here we are today to wrap it up with Borif's pick of 1984's Purple Rain. Um, I don't think it, we'll get into the discussion once we get into that, but before we do, bit of business since we have some voting to do at the end of this episode here. Uh, as I said, we get some allocated points at the beginning, and then there each of us get three bonus points to uh, distribute amongst ourselves. Sorry about the grandfather clock. Um, that we get distribute amongst ourselves uh, as we see fit. So here's where we stand with the points. Chris Boreth. You have uh, one more bonus point to give out, and you have 12 points for final voting. I have one more bonus point to give out with 10 points for final voting. And Zach Powers, you have two points to give out in bonus points and 13 points in final voting. Hmm, okay. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, let's go ahead and get our puffy shirts on and our mascara and our lots of, I'm sure, Aquanet uh, with 1984 rock movie classic uh 1984's <laughs> purple rain uh zach powers take it away uh purple rain is a 1984 uh musical ish drama uh starring prince um it is directed by alfred magnoli it also stars uh, Apollonia and Morris Day, among a few others. And it tells the story of the kid uh, who is the front man for a band called The Revolution uh, at a Minneapolis-based uh, club, which also hosts a couple other house bands. Um, the kid, uh, while uh, fairly popular and successful at the club itself, uh, has uh, sort of a difficult home life. Uh, at home, his father is consistently abusive to his mother, uh, constantly screaming and physically attacking her, uh, as well as him on occasion. Um, uh, meanwhile, at the club, he has a professional rival named Morris Day, one of the other leaders of the other house club bands, The Time, uh, who has it out for um, for the kid. Uh, Morris um, uh, is sort of a sleazy grifter type who spends his time throwing women into dumpsters um, with the help of his lackey, Jerome. Um, and uh, before too long, uh, there's other issues with both uh, the band and uh, the kid's personal life. I may occasionally call the kid Prince because for all intents and purposes, it, uh, it is uh, it's You mean he doesn't Prince. just disappear into the role? Uh, for some reason, he's the only, the only person who's just not the same name. Uh, <laughs> although, uh, Seriously, uh, sometimes when I was watching it with subtitles, 
his dad was uh, subtitled as male number three, and his mom <laughs> was subtitled as female number two. They're the only actors, the only actual actors in the movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. So regardless, um, yeah, they have this uh, gig at this club uh, with uh, with the, with the three house bands. The other one, the modern airs, barely come into focus at all, um, but they're there too. Um, uh, one conflict with uh, the revolution, of course, is that uh, two of the uh, female members of the band, Lisa and Wendy, uh, played by people named Lisa and Wendy, um, uh, have their own original songs that they want to perform, but the kid is having none of it. He won't listen to these songs. He won't entertain them. He doesn't uh, care. Uh, and it's causing friction between his band, including causing Lisa and Wendy to occasionally not come to practice. Uh, at the same time, uh, the kid meets uh, Apollonia. Is that Apollonia? Apollonia. 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 Right. Apollonia. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, a young woman, new transplant to the Minneapolis scene, whom he takes on a sordid date on his motorcycle. They go to the lake and she uh, strips naked and jumps in and he kind of acts like he's going to leave her for a minute, but then he doesn't leave her. Um, it's a very sort of, yeah. It's a deeply uncomfortable scene. I think we can just say that. It, it basically, it seems to be like she's out there on a uh, job interview and then he abruptly says you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, at which point she gets naked and jumps in, and it's handled like a funny joke. <laughs> he does say moments before she jumps in, no, 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 like he tries to stop her before revealing it's not Lake Minnetonka. I don't know if they say what body of water it actually is, but <laughs> I guess it's not like... It's the land of a thousand lakes. There's a lot of them about, man. You know. I don't know <laughs> if it's a, a particularly dirty lake. They, I don't feel like they established that. Um... It but, could just be a reservoir ditch. We don't know. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it looks like a fucking lake to me, man. It looks like a normal ass lake. Uh, and then he acts like he's going to leave her behind. And then he doesn't. And they go home and uh, they fuck. Um, anyway, uh, continuing on, Morris is uh, has a plan, right? He wants to get the revolution kicked off the roster at the club. And his plan involves uh, striking up a new girl group. And um, Apollonia is, uh, is the target of this particular scheme. So he begins to approach her, um, both with the intention clearly of uh, having sex with her, but also um, with the intention of creating this new girl group, the Apollonia Six, that will replace the revolution at the club and cause hardship for Prince. Uh, uh, and or the kid. Um, it's worth noting that there are pretty... I'm doing this pretty loose. Uh, I watched this movie a few days ago, so blended together a little bit. And also, there's a number of sequences in this movie that are either, one, uh, montages of him mostly driving around on his motorcycle where they just play a full Prince song, yeah. and or two, like, feature-length performances of them or one of the other bands on stage performing a song. So uh, there might be some debate about this. I'd say 40% of this movie is just <laughs> either a music video or concert footage. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Meanwhile, uh, things are getting more difficult at home. Um, uh, his father is continuing to attack his mother, but at the same time, there's this weird draw he has to his father, who himself was at one time a musician. And uh, at one point he discovers his father playing piano, something he said he would never ever do again. Um, and he asks if he could see some of his compositions. He says, I never wrote any of them down. They're all just in my head. Um, uh, but the relationship and home life there is clearly troubled. Um, yeah, uh, meanwhile, uh, Things are getting more serious with uh, Apollonia, but um, eventually, uh, as Morris continues to uh, 
pressure her and also do Abbott and Costello routines with um, his accomplice, Jerome. Um, uh, she begins to uh, like move into the uh, into the position of thinking, OK, I am actually going to start a band um, after one night uh, uh, where she reveals the fact that she is considering taking up Morris's offer and starting a band. Prince uh, slaps her in the same way his father often slaps uh, his mother, um, causing, obviously, a rift uh, between them. Um, uh, and uh, uh, from there, uh, Prince's home life continues to deteriorate, and he begins to listen to the soundtrack from Wendy and Lisa uh, as a means of coping and starts to discover he likes it. Um, one night he saves uh, Apollina from Apollonia from Morris, who is... I don't know if it's accurate to say that he is sexually assaulting her. He is, he's just kind of standing there gyrating, and he hits him with his motorcycle, and then is like, get on. And she does. Um, and they run off. And presumably have sex again. Um, it was a deleted scene, as I understand it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, shortly thereafter, he returns home once again. He finds his mother down the street, uh, once again having been physically abused. And when he returns home, his father, uh, as he arrives and walks on the door, shoots himself in the head. Um, uh uh, having uh, dealt with that trauma, his father is taken away, not dead, but uh, taken to a hospital, uh, it seems, or at least that's the interpretation that I got, because he hmm. shows up in the final montage in a hospital bed. Hmm. Um, uh, so he smashes a bunch of shit and then listens to the song Wendy and Lisa wrote for him, Purple Rain. Um, we have a uh, title. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so that's the title song. Uh, it's now to the point where the owner says, I've got four potential bands and I only need three. So we're going to have a big night where you each perform and I'm going to decide who stays and who goes. Uh, so the big night comes. Uh, the kid is reeling from the uh, a attempted suicide of his father. Um, and, uh, you know, the other bands play the time does a weird dance song um and it seems to go super well and uh when it's the revolution's time to arrive uh, despite all the tension between uh wendy and lisa who have stood up rehearsals at this point because the kid won't play their songs he says on stage that they're going to be playing purple rain and so they play purple rain it goes exceedingly well the kid almost runs out of the venue, assuming it had gone terribly, but uh, is pulled back and finds that everybody has rapturous praise for this new song. Uh, they do two more encores. He reunites uh, with uh, 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 Apollina, Apollonia, Apollonia uh, <laughs> and sorry guys, I'm, I'm I got a really bad cold, and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm going at thirty right now. Um, <laughs> They do a couple more encores that even Morris seems to enjoy. There's some shots mixed into the encores of uh, uh, Apollonia and Prince uh, at the father's bedside. So I guess he did survive. That's basically the movie. Um, sorry if this was a little bit of a looser one. It's been a couple days since I watched this. And also it's plot light. A lot of it is music video and concert footage. For sure. I, I think the easiest uh, comparable is like Hard Day's Night. Yeah. You know, where there's like a very thin narrative strung together with some songs. Like, it's it's kind of antiquated now where they'd make a movie to kind of coincide with an album. Um, and Prince really wanted to do that. And that's why this movie kind of exists. The most recent so. example, this might be contentious, um, but I feel that way about the movie. And it's also a play, a Broadway show once which i think is kind of yeah yes. i guess that's kind of true yeah. yeah okay 
I, I, I think that's probably fair. But in yeah. any case, like, you know, when you think of, like, this one, I, I brought up Hard Day's Night because I think it's... It, Hard Day's Night was the Beatles still kind of young and kind of kids, so they're, they more or less were aware of how silly uh, this could be and become and have fun with it. Whereas this movie is kind of mired in its own self-importance. Like, even Prince's performance is sort of like... The Very whole seek is that it's and... Prince, you know, like he just kind of stands there and glares at you for most of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's it's funny because it's it's the movie that I would say is very much propped up by his charisma, um, for better or worse. Like it's uh-huh. it's one of those things. Like if you like Prince, you're probably going to be okay and like this movie. If you're not into Prince, this will be a quizzical, strange experience. I am somewhere in the middle. I had a fantastic time with this, but I can't tell you it's a good movie. It's super <laughs> strange. That's, I mean, I, I, I had kind of, I was more or less kind of waiting for it to be over. Uh, but that's that, like, because I, I, I'm not really all that familiar with Prince. I'm going to be honest. Um, but what I am familiar with, not that much of a fan of. Um, but what I will say uh, is I understand the appeal. I really do. I mean, how could you complain about a guy who moves like James Brown, but plays like Jimi Hendrix. Um, like, it, he's no doubt a creative fountain, uh, just never been my bag. So, yeah. you know, I don't I don't really get them. And now, if you would replace this movie and do the same movie with, like, David Bowie or something like that, I'm not sure if I would like it any better either. Um, I, I'm also not a fan of these sort of, like, musician biographies, um, you know, because it's... Again, a lot of it is sort of mired in this sort of like self-importance. I mean, and, you know, I'll, especially I'll give you when that. the when the guys like behind it, like I always kind of feel like, well, this is more or less like a vanity project. And and in the case of Prince, who's so uh, theatric, uh, this was just more of like him trying to build up the mystique of Prince, basically. And it worked. Yeah. I mean, it obviously worked. It was huge success. Uh, you know, like massive success. The album, the movie, like everything worked. Warner then, Brothers couldn't be happier. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm also not the biggest like Prince aficionado. I don't uh, follow Prince super clearly. I've never been the biggest fan of Prince. I know some of the big ones. Uh, I know, uh, you know, Strawberry Beret and, and Purple Rain and When Doves Cry and The Kiss. <laughs> um, and that's about it. That. You know, yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, um, and also it's worth noting this man has put out a metric fuck ton of music. He puts out so many goddamn albums, I, and it's mm-hmm. dwarfed only by what hasn't even been released yet. And when they found when he died, like he's got a whole vault of stuff that's just like sitting there. Um, See, so, I, I heard mean, about that oh, one, but I I would have expected something to come out by now. That's the thing. It's a lot of it. I mean, you know, it depends on how well he kept up to it. I mean, it was the same thing. Zappa's stuff was kept in a vault forever. And a lot of it is like fight with the heirs, apparently. A lot of it gets up mixed up with like the the rights of who owns the stuff, the right. estate, the probate shit. Uh, I know. I certainly know that's what happened with Zappa. And I suspect something similar is happening with Prince. Um, so that that's probably why. But one of these days it'll happen. Once once the 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 shrapnel starts get stops getting thrown around, somebody's yeah. gonna go through and like give like the Peter Jackson treatment to it for sure. Oh, um, I obviously the, also know relating to our previous episode, his work on the Batman yes. nineteen eighty nine <laughs> soundtrack. Man. Man. Well, it's funny. I did a little research just because I'm a trust in bat dance and all that yeah. stuff. I was the squad. You saw the Joker do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god i looked i watched the bat dance video too it's very strange um so this movie is kind of um there was something funny about this because it triggered me to go out and do research into prince because i actually don't didn't know much about prince my wife saw this shirt in target and knew that we were watching this so forced Sweet. me to get it um, god bless you sarah yeah one of the so good that's ones. right on. i now i'm now going to be wearing this to work and probably confusing my co-workers who were all zoomers and don't understand who prince is anyway so the weird thing with this is prince and the minneapolis sound do you guys know anything about this or is this like is he as confusing and strange to you guys as he was to me i just I know don't he's know huge a huge in minneapolis i know yeah, he's, he's huge in i know he lived there he had a big estate there i think he died there like he was a minneapolis uh, legend yeah. yeah 
So here's the weird thing I found out about why the Minneapolis music scene occurred when it did. Um, the surrounding area around Minneapolis is predominantly, uh, I believe, Pennsylvania Dutch. It was a lot of German immigrants. And when they moved in, they all had a love for their culture that they didn't want to give up. So in the midst of this group, in a subsection, um, right around um, the center of town, there was a black population. And when the Germans came in, it was, you know, the same sort of thing you have with most places where it's an uneven social strata. However, the Germans decided that they desperately wanted to maintain polka. They were losing their folk roots in polka. So what they did is they gave every child free uh, musical training all through grade school and free instruments and the whole thing and covered it. So what that essentially did is that a lot of these poorer people wound up getting really top-tier educations in music, and it turned into a much larger musical scene. However, it also caused this weird mash-em-up between styles, because all of the African-American musicians started having to play music that they could actually make money with, which meant polka, calypsos, things like that that they were learning and practicing so that they could make the, uh, the white audiences they were often playing for happy. However, it led to a strange cross, like, sort of grouping of things, where it turned into things like More Stay in the Time. It turned into Prince. Um, I believe there was, uh, you know, Janet Jackson's big song. Some of those borrowed from the same sound from the Minneapolis area, which is just surprising to me, because I didn't know anything about this, and I'd never really been part of it, but it was, uh, I think, uh, kind of a more exciting thing for me in the research end of it to go, oh, so this is why Prince was kind of a big deal to people. Um, also because his music was so kind of out of left field for what everybody else was doing at the time. Uh, anyway, that's that's me getting up off my soapbox. No, that's but, really interesting. Yeah. I, I find that because I, I also, you know, given the, the, the sort of Germanic uh, roots to it, you got to think like bands like Kraftwerk too, even like contemporary bands from, you know, at the time, West Germany. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like it, it you got to think that that played a lot into it too with like the mood synthesizers and stuff like that. Um, because a lot of Prince's sort of style, and you can really see it in this um, movie and in the soundtracks especially, that, like, he does try to do, like, do what Little Richard did to rock and roll and kind of be a contributor to that, but he was doing it with, like, the 80s kind of synth sound um, and, and performing like James Brown. And the guy, again, I cannot stress this enough, the guy is amazing on the guitar. Um, I mean, the, the solo at the end of Purple Rain is amazing. And if you don't believe me, there's one YouTube clip that you can go out there and watch. It's from the George Harrison inductment ceremony. Uh, and the concert is they're doing, it's the remaining Woolberries, sans Bob Dylan, doing uh, While My Guitar Gently Reaps. And Prince does the, the Clapton solo at the end of the song. And he rocks it. I mean, he knocks it out of the park. It is definitely worth your time to watch him just, I mean... And there's a slew of great guitar players up there, but he just demolishes them. He's uh, amazing. I cannot say enough about it. Again, not my taste, but I get why he's so talented. But that I love hearing that. Those that's my bag when it comes to like music history and stuff. I love learning, you know, especially like geography and where that kind of you kind of get a sense of. But that's my problem with this movie. I didn't get that sense. You know, I didn't get that sense of anything where Prince is coming from, and that's where I kind of think this movie's a bit of a cheat because it's meant to be sort of biographical but yet we're, we're we're really shielding i never got a sense of who the kid is i don't know who he is other than uh prince you know like that's that's who i i know him as and so, so it it doesn't really do much to lift the veil out of it what you were describing is far i would much rather see a, a meaty documentary about prince than his own accounting of what he wants prince to be yeah i'd agree like that probably would have been more interesting however um, this is just kind of what he decided to do in a strange yep. way. Like yep. the, so it, this one often, you, you mentioned another film that it reminded you of. Uh, for me, it reminded me of Eight Mile a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for as sure. Weird Eight as Mile cribs from this a lot. Like it's sure. almost the same storyline. There's like, you know, the lover's tension, the rival musician, the, you could even go back all of it. like the previous decade with, uh, Neil Diamond's jazz singer. 
you know, a little bit. I mean, it's not quite autobiographical, but, and it's a remake of the Al Jolson movie, kind of. Um, they go every the other way to kind of distance themselves from that, but it is kind of the same kind of story, isn't it? Like, Neil Diamond is trying to, like, make sense of his own past and his own culture with the dreams of him being what he intends to be. Um, another not great movie, you know, I'm gonna say that right there. You know, another not great movie. Um, but uh, I, uh, yeah. you know, that's why I don't really like these movies. They're all the same. Like, they're all the fucking same. Yeah, that's true. True. But this one, you do have the uh, joyful confusion of a film that purports to show Prince as a hard man. who's a hard <laughs> life well, living okay. man. But here's what you, I mean, like, he was, by all reports, there's a, a, a Sinead O'Connor kind of came out about the, the recording sessions of Nothing Compares to You working with Prince and what kind of a living nightmare it was. Um, you know, and, and I... That, I, I can't imagine that that's the only story that's out there about Prince. Um, like, apparently the way he treated the bandmates in the movie is sort this, of how he treated the bandmates in real life. Um, uh, oh, I, 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 okay. I feel like this movie a little bit, there are aspects of this movie that, like, belie uh, a, a, a bad tendency, perhaps, uh, I think. Like there is, I mean, we, it's a vanity project and like parts of it would make Tommy Wiseau proud. Like mm. uh, the sex scenes are very gratuitous and it's like very intense. And I imagine they were written that way and filmed that way very intentionally. Um, the relationship to abuse is complicated at the very minimum um yeah it's it's kind of apologetic to a degree it's there aren't really hard consequences for slapping yeah, someone it's it's mostly like in both cases it's like the father ultimately is revealed like he finds I, I forgot to mention he finds all of his compositions after he attempts suicide uh so they were actually written down somewhere but um which doesn't really go anywhere um but it happens uh it also isn't revealed which band is cut uh that that is not revealed um uh, yeah the, the film ends on just come a, on i mean it just ends on them jamming right like i yeah. there isn't really a denouement it's just like all right some stuff goes on no he jamming. gets up and gets his guitar squirt gun and um you know yeah. right I, I don't even think they show the modern airs performance in the final uh yeah they don't even show apollonia's band uh, don't they do sex the shooter? They do, but not for the competition. It's like oh, when okay. the competition mm. gets announced. Yeah. Well, this one, uh, it's funny. That, that's another funny thing about this, because Vanity was supposed to be in this movie, but mm. then she dropped out of, like, the Princeton. Mm. So it went uh -huh. from Vanity 5 to Apollonia 6, because I guess you have to add one to make it better. Um, but As I understand it, Morris Day and Prince never spoke after this movie either. That wouldn't surprise uh, me. But it seems super strange to me, like, how they approached women on this film. Mm. Like, like there was not a lot of agency there. And, um, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, I really have to wonder, like, how uncomfortable it was for the women involved with, tr with Prince. Because I know he had, like, three girlfriends at one point. He's been connected with a bunch of women, but he's also very talented. So you have to wonder how much pressure there was to do that. It makes the sex scenes with Apollonia a little cringy. And they're very uh, intense. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. they spend time, like, with a lot of groping and touching on uh, every part of her body very intently. Uh, and those scenes last, like, a good minute, minute and a half. Uh, Prince is never also, that naked. Yeah, pr that's Weird. true. Weird. Um, but I'll also note, yeah, she's definitely, like, in front of him, and he is just absolutely going to town um but uh i do think the the way that domestic violence is portrayed in some regards like he gets angry at his father and then like sees this troubled genius aspect and calms down about it like that's consistently as portrayed and i think prince's character is supposed to have that same thing and like oh we're trying to veer away like i'm trying to manage my great genius because 
if I don't manage it correctly, it'll come out as violence. And it's like, what is this message, Prince? What are you, yes. what are you fucking talking I about? I mean, it's just yeah. like he's musically hangry. That's all that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's why, I mean, like, I think it should be noted that, like, there are most of the uh, the actors in this movie are not professional actors. Apollonia, I think, was, like, in, you know, TV movies and shit like that. Um, but most of them are just musicians. Like, Lisa and Wendy are just their musicians had more stay in the time are just more stay in the time and apparently they made them go to acting classes so like they 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 meant to take a couple of classes but i think it does go to show you that uh, acting's hard you know like just yeah. because you're a genius at one thing doesn't make you a genius at the other um so but to prince's credit his import is in his performance as an actor not as uh you know the rock star or whatever um that scene where he's contemplating his own suicide, I thought was was an actual real moment, and I felt like he was actually kind of getting sure. there. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Where I, I did kind of feel that he was getting some truth there, which was cool. Um, but other than that, he's really just kind of glaring at everybody most of the time. Uh, they give him not a lot of dialogue. He doesn't really say a lot. I mean, that that Morris Day in the time uh, Abbott and Casella ripoff took more words than I think the totality of what the kid ever says. I'd say that Morris Day might have more charisma in some ways than Prince, but I, I he think, didn't have good uh, I, lines. Well, I think that Morris Day had a better drug dealer and uh, had more time <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the trailer with the goofballs, if you know what I'm saying. Probably. Um, and that's what, you know, so like, you know, it's, I'm not saying that none of them took this seriously. I mean, Prince, you could tell, was taking it pretty seriously. This, But that's but the problem is you're taking is, this kind of... This the fact that you're taking this seriously is a bit troubling to me. Um, and you know, you getting your snowed up <laughs> Morris Bay to be yeah, like yeah. the 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 humorous kind of foible. And one of the things he does is literally throw a woman in a dumpster. Uh, and that we're supposed. Yeah. To, <laughs> he has a, a little. He has a little lackey named Jerome who does whatever he says. Um, like he can't roll his window down, and Jerome has to do it, or. Uh, a woman harangues him on the street for sleeping with her and then not he didn't call her back and they throw her in a dumpster or something like that uh or um he wants to get he like uh try he tips a woman at the at the club and then tells jerome to get his tip back um <laughs> but most notably a scene that is very fully just it's it's just uh, the Abbott and Costello who's on first routine. Yep, like blatant ripoff. Yep. I would say. Yep. Yeah, yep. the password and, is uh, what. Yep. Yeah. I once I realized what we and it only it didn't take long to realize. Oh my god, this is what we're doing, huh? We're really getting to the bottom of the barrel here. That's why I'm like, I'm gonna go make some coffee. This will be this is gonna be a while. <laughs> I I almost to be honest, I wondered in that scene if it wasn't like based off like um some of the vaudevillian stuff that they would have been doing like as banter well just, be sure. uh, just because of the germans and the i know i know it's happening costello but the german like group around it having that in context i was sitting there wondering like is is this just bad writing or is this like someone was like hey we always do this bit during a thing let's just fill some space i don't know well i i, I i'll say this about um about 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 that bit conceptually like obviously like Russell said like it's bottom of the barrel like to be clear the original who's on first bit is one of the greatest wow. comedy bits ever written like it holds up today it will hold up forever like in a, a thousand years when they're like the most famous comedy bits like there'll be something from Shakespeare and there'll be Abbott and Costello's who's on first like they'll still be like this was revolutionary stuff obviously who's on first is uh a lot more involved than what's the password because it goes on to have third base and and second base and shortstop and all this other shit but it's just a weak and very very you know it's 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 somebody who's a, a fan of Abbott and Costello in whatever time period this is being like and they're 14 and they're like, I'm going to do my own version of it. And it's just the same bit, That's right. but not as good, not as thorough. There's not as many twists. Yeah. And they just like write it in an afternoon or like, ah, oh, this is my version. And it's like, well, it's, you understand. I just like a 14 year old could be forgiven because they don't get it. But like, it's 
you didn't do anything new. You just rewrote it worse. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you, Zach. There's a reason why this joke keeps getting recycled is because it, for the most part, works. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, all reliable. Um, and that's where, I, but that's where it, it, I don't know. It just felt that they were like, we need, they can do this. Cause it basically you just say one word, Morris. It's no problem. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I didn't particularly enjoy this movie. And I think Zach, you're very apt to kind of notice a not very subtle through line of a very complicated relationship to violence towards women. But I also think, you know, Prince, music and his whole persona is and and a lot of the 80s pop music was sex sells i mean it was overly sexualized you know so i I don't know if we're kind of looking at this in a in a prism kind of like that but but i i don't think not to excuse it but i do wonder how much that played into it and there's two things to think about one um i don't know much like i said i don't know prince super well a lot of the songs in this were like his a game songs I guess. Uh, at least a handful of them. Um, uh, and then also, uh, well, we have to consider, we got three, we got three, uh, not, not super, super shiny, uh, shiny, uh, uh, rocks on this particular expedition. We did not find (laughs) the gem in the rough. We didn't find it. I mean, you know, yeah, true. We might like one more than the other, but you know. But I mean, okay, but you know, I I think that comparing even the last two movies to this movie, unlike the last two movies, I mean, this movie is heralded as a classic. Like people, I was this surprised. Movie is very much heralded as like one this of the one has rock movies ever. Much better uh, Rotten Tomatoes score than the previous two movies we watched, and I don't know if I think it deserves almost double the acclaim of either of those two movies yeah that's something that i would agree with uh it's super strange that uh it hit such a cultural chord like i remember being a child when this came out and i remember it was brutalized by critics like they were not being cutesy about it. If I remember correctly, like that was one of my first like memories as a child of like paying attention to reviews when things came out, was just that people hated Purple Rain so much. But uh, I was able to buy it on a t-shirt at Target years later. Let me ask you this, Chris, can I ask you, uh, yeah. and, and, and this could apply to this might apply to Batman Forever for some people too, but it must be much much less pronounced if it is the case. I don't think it applies to Judgment Night at all, which I think is <laughs> roundly forgotten, um, except for the soundtrack. Uh, do you think this is one of those movies like Space Jams? Many people would argue The Goonies or Hocus Pocus. Ghostbusters. Uh, now, now for Gen Z, it seems like the 2000 Scooby Doo movie is an example of this. Um, a movie that is honestly pretty fucking. And I would, I would agree with you. Ghostbusters is good, not great. And I think Gen X thinks it's fucking great. Uh, it's fine. Um, yeah, is this a nostalgia movie? Is this a movie that is burning the fumes of nostalgia? And, and has not much else going for it. That that could be. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably absolutely correct. I mean, the thing is, is that the album is incredibly yeah. solid. So it's one of these weird things where the tertiary media to the movie, sort of the whole point of this whole run, has really, I think, elevated the original movie in a way that it didn't totally deserve. Um, I think that's right. I, yeah. I think one you, day you, I think this movie is experienced more as a fan of Prince than anything else. Um, I, that's it, it's again sort of Hard Day's Night. If you don't like the Beatles, that movie's not see, that charming, you know. Uh, but at least Ru- it's shorter and they're at least funny about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Russell has opened a real can of worms with this topic because <laughs> obviously this is a topic where uh, part of the thing that's based into the premise is like. Uh, the movie can only be so good. The soundtrack at least has to be better. So the movie could mm-hmm. theoretically be good mm-hmm. if the soundtrack's great. 
but um this is a real this is a real can of worms for the movie trap because going forward yeah. like like what's the logical conclusion it's like try to lose the topic for this <laughs> well, is try to lose well it's also like you have to you have to ask because like as we go through it like i'm gonna throw a clip at the front of this uh because they were interviewing people on mtv when this film came out in two days it is the uh 38th uh anniversary of when this film premiered at the Grauman's chinese theater i have footage of it i'm gonna throw it on the front of this because they interview um they interview a couple people that just knew this was going to be a mess and you could see them trying their best except for eddie murphy who just happily says this movie's going to be a mess have fun um <laughs> it's it's one of these things where uh it, what what do we consider good like uh what well, what about yeah. this is the winner are we going to consider well, the fact that I batman mean... forever was a complete story and was fairly entertaining when we watched it versus this movie which was entertaining when they were performing music and yeah there was some good music. i mean there was individual moments that were effective in this movie um judgment night is also a complete story technically like sure. uh yeah <laughs> sure uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess it's up to it's up to us, the voters. You know. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, it's who, individual who preference. Right? About as far as your metric is concerned. Um, but what I will say, Borf, I, I do think this movie is a bit of a cheat, but I'll allow it. But here's what I will say: Normally, what when I when I conceived of this theme, I was thinking of movie soundtracks that will prop up the movie, and it seems like this was the other way around. This movie was kind of made to prop up the album. And it was much more synergy. Now, I do think that's more of a product of the 80s, um, where everything was synergy was so new and Warner Brothers had just acquired like this whole thing. So they were kind of in the music thing as well. So they wanted to consolidate as much as they could and cross market as much as they could. And for this, this is a shining example of how it could work. I mean, because then they had it on MTV, they had it on home movies, you know, they had the album. So like they, they got to really get their beaks wet on this and, and it caused a breakup between prince and warner brothers that's why he changed his name to the artist least formerly known as prince and the rest is pretty much history um so that's why I, I i'll allow it but this is not necessarily what i had in mind because you know like it, you can go kind of you know because like i don't remember if there was an eminem eight mile album that was coming around with it there was one or two songs that were coming out on his album when that movie came out, but I don't think a whole album that that movie wasn't made to push an album. If anything, there was an album made to push the movie. So that that's where I'm, I'm, I'm a little shaky ground on this one, but I will totally allow it. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't figure out if this was really incorporating the music either. Uh, because when I, when I asked you guys about it originally, you guys had seen it before I hadn't, I was wondering mm -hmm. like, is this, oh, I've never seen this before. Oh, you have. Okay. okay. No. Oh, I, I have seen it before and I remember why I mostly forgot it and just remembered the songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the weird thing. Cause when I was watching the movie, I was like, it didn't really incorporate many of the songs into the actual action of what was happening. Um, outside of when doves cry, which I guess is now, a, about him abusing Apollonia. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that was a very strange. Everything about this movie is very strange and hard to uh, comprehend. It's also yeah. been remade. What? Um, oh, oh yeah, I, I yeah. didn't it remade in the the title something pretty funny. Yeah, it was um, the the color rain, the color of blue with a little bit of red in it. <laughs> it's a it's a Nigerian sound. It's a Nigerian language film. Uh. It's essentially the same movie. It's just a ripoff. But sorry, to, to get back to the point I was making, because I got off the track. With the musical sequences, they feel documentary style, and it feels mm. like the movie's story kind of stops. Because it just goes into this scene where they're playing and, you know, performing. It almost felt like the ABBA movie. If you guys probably haven't seen that, but there was a movie about ABBA. Oh, uh, are you talking you about Mamma Mia and or Mamma Mia Here We Go Again? No, no, no. I'm talking no, about that's the, the musical ABBA. with ABBA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this is the ABBA film that came out concurrent with the ABBA music back when. They okay. didn't have a story. It was just a news reporter who was trying to interview ABBA and him having misadventures intercut with him going to different ABBA concerts where they'd be up on stage singing. 
And then I think the movie ends with him accidentally being in the elevator with Abba, and they don't have a line of dialogue in the whole thing. It's just this dumbass running around and excuses to show the performance. <laughs> but is that what is that word Spinal Tap kind of got their 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 inspiration from? Because um, that possibly of Spinal Tap. Um, that's why you know when you're doing I I like I said earlier I, I'd much rather see a Prince documentary even if it is just like that. Uh, I think that would be more interesting to watch because it felt like it wanted to be a documentary, but it also wanted to be stylized and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, like the, the weird montages that it kind of goes through, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. Um, it just seems like, yeah, we're just looking for an excuse just to get somebody on stage and sing a song. Um, and that that can work that can work if the movie's fun, you know, like if you think of like the blues brothers and shit like that, like that's pretty much what that movie is. They're just jumping from one next song to the other. Um, but it's fun and everybody's having, you know, it's, it's more or less, no, there's no, there's no like rapturous melodrama going on where it's this character kind of opining to be or not to be, what have you, you know, like I just kind of, it, it, first of all, I don't believe it. (laughs) I just, don't buy it. I mean, I'm sure that Prince has had many dark nights of the soul, but I just don't think it happened that way. Um, and I, too, um, I, 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 I feel like you're kind of, you're adding more weight to an already great song. You know, like it, you didn't need to have the dad thing to have Purple Rain be a good song. Purple Rain's just a, it's a fine song as is, but it like gave him a motivation just to be absolutely emotional in about it, which you could just, be emotional when you're singing the song and nobody's going to say boo. You can sure. just do that. Yeah. I uh, don't know if I have much more I can say about this other than that. Like, I think we're kind yeah. of at final thoughts unless you guys yeah. want to say something I mean, something the problem else. is, yeah, like a good percentage of this runtime is either a music video or a film stage performance. So how much... At a certain point, you run out of things to say because it's it's not a full length movie. It's, not really a movie, right? I don't have yeah. anything to go on. I don't really, you know, the the. If it were a, of, uh, like, if you cut the songs out, the plot threads, many of them would not resolve at all. <laughs> they would mm-hmm. just end. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's why you know, like, I'll I'll, I'll go first because I'm gonna blabber it on and on about it. But I think that <laughs> you know, like, when you think about movies like this. And, and even using, like, non-actors, like, I thought... Wait, 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 wait. Give me one moment before you start. Because we've had a run of three uh, not-so-great movies, I'm going to give a point to each of you two for bearing out... <laughs> bearing out this little... This little slog. One to, I, I, one to both I, of you. I, I don't think I deserve it, Zach, because it was my idea. It was my idea for the race to the bottom. Um, no, this is so, what we. This is this is actually, in some ways, what this podcast was designed for. That's and you're true. the first person to utilize it properly. Okay, well, and you did make me watch Batman Forever, so you know what? I'm going to give you a point for that because yeah. you you definitely kept with the trend of deep hurting. Um, okay. So uh, I'm going to give you a point, too. Screw it. Let's do it. You got a point for me, Zach. Which? Oh, okay. Specifically for applying the theme of the series to this. And it's appropriately so. Um, Okay, so I'll go with my final thoughts because I'm going to go on and on about it. But yeah, I think all that you guys said is true. Like, it's a thin narrative that really is just an excuse to jump from one music scene to another and then to fill up enough reels to justify a theatrical release um which i think was the whole point for prince and warner brothers in general um so and especially when you know i i haven't seen this really done all that well uh ever uh eight mile was actually not bad like that was actually okay for what it was um but i i still can i still think that once is this Okay. Um, because it's a singular artist or pair of artists, and it's highly acclaimed, and it even bothered me in that movie. But I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt your final. No, no, and, and I think that that's and that's why I don't even I don't even mind using non actors. Um, but then just don't have it just be Prince then you know like like just maybe have Prince try to do something else other than just be him fuck himself. 
But then again, if you're going to cast Prince, why would you have him be anything else? Um, so, because you can think about other movies that have non-actors, even in the 80s, and even that just center around musicians playing, like, basically themselves. It happened all the time. Um, so, I just don't know if it justifies a whole movie about it. Now, that being said, do I think the soundtrack is better than the movie? I think it fucking has to be, because <laughs> that's most <laughs> of the movie. Uh, if you didn't think the soundtrack was all that good, you're not. You're really not going to like the movie. Um, and I at least, you know, for not being a, a big Prince fan, it's fine if, if you're into that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Boris. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so I'll just kind of... I can just jump on the grenade real quick. So... Uh, this movie, uh, didn't live up to my expectations. I enjoyed it for how weird it was. I don't think it had enough meat on that bone to keep me coming back ever again. But, uh, it is a strange use of his star power. I think a better use of star power of a musician has to be the man who fell to Earth. Um, hmm. because David Bowie doing his alien thing was in that it even had an album that came out connected with that movie when david bowie i guess in a coked up bender thought that he was supposed to make the soundtrack for the man who fell to earth so he had this uh completely strange concept album come out called i think the stranger or something like that where it's all just uh completely instrumental pieces that should have been used in the soundtrack he thought but no one asked for it and when he gave it to that director he said no anyway this film also led to prince making multiple other feature-length films that i've never heard of uh, he made six other films like graffiti bridge and uh, under the P penny moon or some other purple there was a purple moon or something like that <laughs> anyway uh for me i'm gonna say that if you like the movie listen to the soundtrack uh if you're someone who likes the soundtrack, don't see the movie. <laughs> you um, got the movie. It's all yeah, there. That's it. No. Um, so yeah, that's my piece on this. Yeah, this is this is this half half of a movie. Um, uh, the last fifteen full minutes are just Prince performing on stage. Um, like <laughs> instead of like really resolving a plot, it's just like Prince is great. <laughs> now he's gonna do two encores uh yeah like truly that's it that's the like uh, and i don't know like and and many aspects of it have aged poorly not only because they were never like narratively satisfying but because i think as time goes by like the they are culturally a little weirder than they probably were in the 80s um so you know if you like purple rain you know god bless you you're probably about 50 years old <laughs> you probably saw it in the, fe in the theater uh I can't take that away from you. You know, you're going to like, I like some shit too, man. I like some shit that came out when I was six years old and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to that and allowed to do that. Don't let, don't let us three, you know, being Grinches about this movie, take that away from you because whatever, you know, you're entitled to things that remind you of your childhood. Uh, Absolutely. We are not here to yuck your yum, um, but, you know, and if Prince is your yum, then, but also, I would recommend you like like us. I mean, at least me. I like I know the ones that I like that are like this isn't actually that great. I just I just liked it because I saw it at the right time. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little introspection and be like, yeah, maybe this one's this one's only only works if you were who I was, where I was when I saw it. And yeah. You get yeah. that inoculation period. You know, yeah, yeah. you like, you have I, to be Kevin Smith. <laughs> that's yeah, what you're that's saying. Right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. which is my first real exposure to Purple Rain because uh, I think it's in Mallrats. It opens with Jay and Silent Bob doing the Jungle Love from Morris Day in the Time. That's where I got my first introduction to Purple Rain. I knew of Prince, but I didn't really give a shit. And hey, here I am today. Um, but yeah, I, I I kind of agree with what the cultural mores because I, I it reminded me of this old uh, MST3K riff where. 
uh, you know, when Prince slaps Apollonia, I immediately thought of our hero, ladies and gentlemen. You know, like uh, just sort of like great. I'm and it's supposed to be a parallel to the dead, and he doesn't. Yeah, want to yeah. Do it, at but least blah, it's blah, 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 blah. He's blah. still anyway. shitty to her right. all the rest of the time. Right. And yeah. to his bandmates, and to pretty much anybody, because he's just like all he does is like stare at you, and I guess we're just supposed to divine yeah. what he's thinking whatever there was uh, one really fun moment with one of the band members though he leans back and gives her a kiss on the cheek when they're doing oh yeah Rain, and that face and she that looks she like gives. she is gonna oh take a God. shit yes i'm glad she you is mentioned so that. unhappy yeah oh my like she looks like she's like the f- i'm gonna punch this guy <laughs> <laughs> those two yeah, totally. uh lisa and wendy did leave the band a couple years later mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah can understand yeah that, i think oh, they were boy. Even featured on um on the Scream soundtrack, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, they, anyway, did, they, so, they wrote soundtracks for a few movies. I can't remember which ones, but... Um, well, and they clearly are the, the creative force behind Purple Rain. I'm surprised Prince gave that up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that just doesn't sound like Prince There's, is all. There, there is an interview I can send to you guys of the band talking about making this movie years later, and I think, uh, of course, it's after Prince has passed away. Oh, really? uh, but okay. they, they, they go into that a little bit talking about okay. how intense it was they talk about how weird it was that they forced everyone to go through doing rehearsals I think Morris Day was the only person who was fucking around too much and Prince was like <laughs> no you can't fuck around and then Morris Day just didn't show up to the rest of those rehearsals and never had a problem also yeah. the most fun in the movie he just yep. seemed like he was having fun even That's though his true. character was a monster Yes, that's true. It helps to be snowed up in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, alrighty. Well, uh, gentlemen. Morris you know. Day, uh, you know, he wanted to get with Ap- uh, uh, Apollonia, but all he did was, like, hold his coat open from seven feet away and be like, hey, I'm dancing. Like, he wasn't really, really... It was pretty pretty mild yeah. compared to some of the shit the kid did. Yes. Yeah, there's fair. a... There's a lot of showing, not growing in this movie, I've noticed. Yeah. That's like, you never see Prince really that naked. You never see Morris Day very close to women. I'm thinking it might be all for show. That's what I'm mm. thinking. They yeah. might not know how to handle women if they actually were real people as opposed to the t- two-dimensional characters being slapped. That's, anyway. It, let's let's leave this theme behind. and, and Yes, indeed. Yes, I, yes, gentlemen, yes. gentlemen, I appreciate your enthusiasm for this theme, uh, but let's... Let's get this out of the way, shall yes. we? Because yes, and sir. pray to God that I don't win this shit. Um, because yes, I do not want a three P. <laughs> this is not. I I I, I don't want it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so um, before we uh, get writing our scores down, let me get a final total because we were also generous. Um, our our um, our points came down like purple rain at the end of this. So, uh, Chris Boreff, you have 13 points for final voting. I myself have 11 points for final voting. And Zach Powers, the point monster strikes again with 15 points for final voting. Mm. Um, So, with that in mind, uh, we'll do the Jeopardy noise and write down our scores and we'll go from there. This is kind of hard. This is a difficult... This is kind of hard. Yeah, because they all suck. I think there's a clear winner myself. Okay. I think there's a very clear winner. I, I think you might be right. Oh, God. Chris Boreff, what do you got for Judgment Night? I am going to give Judgment Night a two. And it was simply because it wasn't quite my jam. I get it. Uh, I also gave Judgment Night a two, although the soundtrack rocks. That movie is not fun to watch, and it should be on the waste heap of culture where it belongs. Uh, Zach Powers, what do you got for I had more than I had more points than you, mind you, but I gave it a four. Okay. That's true. Mr. Moneybags over there. Alrighty. So that gives Judgment Night an eight. Okay. So, Chris Boreff, what do you got for Batman Forever? Are you going to give it a kiss from a rose? I will. I'm going to give Batman Forever an eight. Wow. Wow. Because I think it is a better film. I'm wearing the t-shirt. I appreciate the art. It is a much better film. Okay, uh, well, I gave Batman Forever a four, and that is merely because of the movies it was up against. Um, and for what it's worth, I guess it's still fun to, you know, dress around as Batman and go beat up bad guys. So there's that. All right, Zach, what do you got for Batman Forever? 
Uh, if Robert gets a seven from me, it is uh, a movie with some sense of identity, some character. It is among these a movie I will remember and has uniqueness in my opinion. So there you go. Fair enough. All right. So uh, Batman Forever is the movie to beat with a whopping nine. And hey, nostalgia points. nerds for for Purple Rain. Maybe that's maybe Batman Forever. Uh, yeah. From that. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know. Anyway, um, okay, Chris Boroff, Mr. Superfan of Purple Rain over there, what do you got? I'm going to give Superfan a three for Purple Rain. Uh, of course, I've had to write the word purple out because it's a black Sharpie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I gave Purple Rain a four, I guess, just for the, you know, Prince Matters, I suppose. So they tell me, and smarter people than me would say so, so I guess I'll go with that. Uh, I uh, gave Purple Rain a four. Also, uh, I made a little print symbol that's angry. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that sort I of a sound is about all you yeah. have to say. Yeah. Pretty much how I felt um, throughout it, except for the, yeah. The one moment where I'm with you, Borf, I audibly laughed out loud when I saw that kiss to uh, Lisa or whatever. Um, all right, so that is it. We are done. Russell's streak is over. Zach Powers has the floor. Zach Powers, what are you trapping us with? You know, I was thinking long and hard these past few weeks about possible themes, and I've done some weird ones. I've done like the city one or like significant others, and I've gone all astray. And I've, I, I was thinking about the early days of the podcast where we were just making themes about shit that was going on at the time. And I kind of want to just go back to basics. And these next episodes are going to come out in August, early September. You know, fuck it. This is dog days of summer. Let's make it. That's it. That's the fucking theme. Movies about the dog days of summer. Nothing too complex. Gives you some variety. Let's make it simple and quick. And I'm going to start with a movie that I watch pretty regularly. Most years, not every year around this time. It's Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> okay. All righty. All yeah. right. Okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie, Zach. I, 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 I came prepared this time with like a theme in mind, but I was racking my brain like, I can't win three times in a row. There's no way. But <laughs> one of the, I was literally thinking heat wave because it's so goddamn hot out here. So, Absolutely like, applause. Yeah. Right. So there yeah. you go. All right. We've been going through the heat here in Chicago, too, and obviously in the UK, all over the globe, because the world is slowly dying, of course. Um, yeah, France uh, is on yeah. fire. Yeah. yeah. But don't worry, our best and our brightest are all over it, guys. They're, but they're we're going to start it out lighthearted. You guys can go wherever you want with these with this theme. Sweet. But uh, I'm going to start it out with a little bit of levity. We don't do enough comedy on this show, true. generally speaking. Very true. And this one's a classic. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we, uh, uh, is there any option on this show to ask for one film not to get played? I don't think so. Where the okay. fuck do you get off on? Well, we're, then. We're, this is not the moody dictatorship here, Buster. We can well, do whatever okay. we want. Okay, okay, I understand. This is a thoroughly American podcast. So I if I choose you... Crash, you're just going to sit there and take your goddamn vegetables. <laughs> I had to sit Batman forever, Okay. I don't want to hear it. I just but you gave the most points of the three yes. movies we watched. I, 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 I tied it with Purple Rain. I, tied it I, just, Purple Rain. I just want to say that I think what we've learned from this is that Batman Forever can be redeemed. <laughs> That's true. It came back and won. No, this, this is the appropriate course of action. Time. Batman Forever made this. Without Batman Forever, we would not be recording this podcast right now. And it deserves this win. <laughs> the first time I recorded with you two, we talked about Batman Forever, and that is, it deserves to take Alrighty. its place among, true. among All the right. stars. It, 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 it is now in the great Hall of Fame of movie trap winners, Batman Forever. <laughs> you did it. Eight-year-old Russell is very pissed off. Um, okay, well, I'm excited for the heat, for the for the long dog days of summer. Let's go. Let's, um, let's crank up those ACs to full because it's a thousand degrees out there and yeah alrighty so with that in mind it's been a pleasure as always uh, do join us next time where we'll be watching uh, Wet Hot American Summer 
and it'll be a lot of fun. So with that, I have been Russell Carlson, and I have been joined by Chris Porath. Let me give you a tip, Junior. Your music only makes sense to you. <laughs> Profound. Uh, I, I have also been joined by uh, my good buddy, Zach Powers. Uh, hallelujah squawk, or whatever the fucking... <laughs> Okay. Have a good time, everybody. And as we always say here, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mob. It's the movie Trap Promise. It's true. See you guys. Everybody came to see Purple Rain tonight at the famous Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Here's how it looked. I'm just so thankful to Prince the good lord and every single person out there thank you very very much is there something in particular you're looking forward to in this film tonight uh, i've heard there's uh, some violence and some uh, nudity which i'm not a big fan of but if it's a part of his true story then i think so be it is there something in the immediate future perhaps with fleetwood mac that you would like to mention what's going through your mind right now i want to see the movie and then i want to see some lovely young ladies so y'all hang around okay